everyone to So Gross, Such Point, Much Blank. I am your host, Blake Collier, and with me today is the stunning and hairy and manly Joe George. How are you doing today, None Joe? of those words are <laughs> applicable at all, but thank you? <laughs> Wait, you're not manly? No, oh goodness, no. I have no interest <laughs> whatsoever. Yeah, you and me both. So... Today we have a we have a special episode. This is a, one of our potpourri episodes, uh, fourth week of the month, and we're going to uh, speak to a guest about their first time to see the movie Gross Point Blank. So here is our guest, Jessica Jezanowski. Is that correct? You nailed it. Good yes. Job. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a, a difficult yeah clunky name to get around well, it was so the, seamless it was the i and the o that confused me i i i felt like i could do it but the, the i and the o i was like J- jazzy onowski i didn't want to add any you know syllables in there so yeah so that's what trips people up <laughs> how are you doing tonight <laughs> i'm doing as all right as a human who's sentient in 2020 can possibly be um, <laughs> especially a human in america you know i'm doing as well as can be expected <laughs> Join the rest of us. Oh, man. Uh, So tell us a little bit about yourself. Anything you want to want to say that uh, would identify your interests, your uh, what, you know, any place that we can find you out in the interwebs, anything like that? Yeah, I uh, am like a a big lover of film. I always have been. Um, I interned for a little bit in uh, casting, actually, in college. I worked with a casting director. Um, which is really intriguing to kind of see the other side of things. Um, I feel like casting directors don't get enough love, but they have really amazing (laughs) jobs. Um, And now I'm kind of figuring out my next step, but I uh, uh, do some work with a nonprofit theater company in New Jersey that provides wonderful free local theater. Um, It's called Rethink Theatrical, if I could plug it a little bit. Um, Yeah, they do awesome, awesome work. So I'm happy to be uh, doing stuff with them and always looking for the next writing and acting opportunity so yeah Yeah. wonderful so where could we find your writing yeah well we'll give you a chance to plug at the end too but let's uh... i so appreciate that that is tbd that is under construction okay Okay. but if if by the time this episode comes out i do have something i will share it with you guys you've got got at least six months before this comes out so oh good we are so (laughs) way in advance we we should pack (laughs) in about a year's worth of episodes before we start so Nice, very cool. So, I guess the first thing we want to ask you is, uh, when did you first watch it? I watched it today. You watched it today. <laughs> Wonderful. I watched it today. So you it's are a fresh, fresh. Reaction. That's awesome. Yes. Okay. You're yeah. fresher than us. You're you're going to be calling us out, wondering why we're we're. Uh, you know, I, I just realized like an hour ago that I probably should have rewatched it before going in with somebody that's just freaking uh, frequently watched or recently watched it. So. Yeah. Uh, feel free to embarrass us. Let's yeah. give it a <laughs> okay. no, it's so the other question the then fun. is why did you watch it? Like what 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 brought you to? <laughs> no, no, that's a legit question, right? <laughs> the movie's like twenty some odd years old. What what prompted you now in twenty twenty to say this is the year I'm going to feel bad for a hitman? It's <laughs> a great question. It's been, you know, I'm a fan of John Cusack. I'm a fan yes. of Minnie Driver. I think she's she's incredibly underrated. I really enjoy her work. I wish that there was more of it happening now. Yeah. Um, so it's been something that was on my periphery for a long time. I want to say it used to be on Netflix. I know it's not mm-hmm. anymore. It was, yeah. So it used, I, I'm sure I had it in my to watch list a long time. And I was always like, oh, I should watch that. 
But what deterred me was it's such a weird synopsis. Like yeah. it's such a I would read yeah. the concept and I'm like, am I in the mood for a comedy about a hitman, but it's a love story? What the hell is this? Yeah, yeah. Um so what made me watch it was hearing about your podcast and um and then finally being like, Oh, this is a great reason to check this film off my list that I've been so curious about and that stars yeah. people I really enjoy their work. So yeah. Wonderful. So what was what was your mood? What was your mood going into watching the film? Like set set up the day for us. Like did anything <laughs> bad happen? Did anything great happen? Like like give us some some context for the viewing. Um yeah, I mean it's been an insane uh couple months, so all of that is very much looming large. Um uh yeah it's been and the past couple days have been um weirdly stressful so i was going into it kind of like okay this will be a nice like a lot of films like a nice break from everything that's going on otherwise a nice break from reality where i yeah i get to empathize with a hitman of all people (laughs) um but it was it was really interesting to go into i i I didn't do i didn't want to spoil anything so i didn't Mm -hmm. look at anything online beforehand i just knew the basic premise and just tried to go in as you know blind as possible and just mm. let the film make its own impressions upon me and i'm glad i did um because mm. it was so much more charming than i expected yeah. it to charming. be very charming I, th- I i figured it would be funny but i didn't mm-hmm. expect to be so charmed by oh. the dialogue i really was like oh wow there's yeah there's there's a lot to this film so yeah so you'd say it was overwhelmingly positive yeah. Oh my gosh. I enjoyed yeah. it so much. And I was nervous too. Cause especially, you know, going on to a podcast, I'm like, am I going to hate this? And then I'm going to go <laughs> with these strangers and be like, that film was terrible. And we would want that. That's, that's prime that, podcast content. Actually, yes. Yes. <laughs> that, that's very welcome. So <laughs> if I, if I truly believed that I, I would have broken that to you guys, okay. but no, I'm glad to say it wasn't the case at all. I watched yeah. it and I was like invested the entire time. And like I said, very charmed by it. Okay. So give us a background. Like What's your normal kind of genre of film? Like, where, where do you tend to go to? Like, um, I feel like this always sounds like a lie, and I'm always suspicious of people who say this about, like, literature, especially. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll read anything. But, like, I really will watch yeah. anything. I grew up in a house where film was very celebrated, and we would go to, when Blockbuster was still a thing, we'd go to Blockbuster every single week, mm-hmm. and all the people in my family have very different film tastes, so truly anything i mean like um oh my gosh yeah there's really no genre that i'm like i absolutely want to i i do enjoy horror quite a bit um and i romantic comedies quite a bit Mm -hmm. but um but there's nothing you know every time oscar season rolls around i'm trying to check off the list and see every single one of those films um And then love a good indie film as well. So really anything. If someone yeah. recommends something to me, mm-hmm. I'm very inclined to watch it because it's a nice way to learn a little bit about a person yep. too, you know? And be like, oh, okay, that's interesting. You know, that's why people hold certain films precious and why people make podcasts about films. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not necessarily a whole podcast about one film, but that's a whole nother Fair story. So, um, given your, your your interest in casting and the background that you have in it, can you talk about uh, the, the way that the the, the cast uh, of this film struck you? Especially since you said you're a Cusack and Driver fan. Yeah. What did you think of their performances? What did you think of the characters that they were given, particularly those two? Um, what what jumped out for you there? I think they had such great chemistry, which is yeah. like you know that's that's this is the type of film that could really. 
um, you know, live or die by that. If, if yeah. it felt clunky or unconvincing, it'd be really hard to sell the concept of a charming hitman you're supposed to care about <laughs> yeah. winning back his high school girlfriend that he stood up at prom. Yeah. Um, and I feel like they do enough of, okay, you know, this film definitely is, there's like absurd elements and stuff. And so there's things that happen that are very silly, but they yeah. do enough to to reel it in and to make you like root for them. Yeah. Um, so I loved, I loved the entire exchange. I hope I'm not jumping no, no, ahead or anything. The entire exchange where they're in her um, like radio station booth and they have all the yeah. physical comedy of being pushed back and forth in the rolling <laughs> chairs and the headphones on and the headphones off. And she's getting to grill him on, you know, like on air, which I yeah. think is probably everybody's fantasy who's ever been stood up for anything. <laughs> exactly. like I would love to do that. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> it was so fun and satisfying to watch and they play it in such a way where it just, it's really quick. It just bounces off of each other in such a, right. yeah, just a really effective way. And it, they're, they're totally believable as high school sweethearts. They, yeah. it, it didn't feel like, oh, these are people who are getting to know each other. It mm -hmm. feels like, yeah, these are people who haven't seen each other in 10 years, but they really cared about each other before that happened, yeah. which is nice. It's yeah. nice to see in a film. Did you uh, did you notice his uh, his sister Anne Cusack? His lesser Anne known Cusack. Anne Cusack. She was the drunk what? woman at the uh, restaurant. <laughs> oh my goodness! I okay, so Joan Cusack, who I yes. feel like again is like so oh. underrated. She's a comedic genius. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. When she's burning yeah. down the office, I just want more of Joan Cusack <laughs> losing her friggin' minds. Like I would yep. love just a full movie of that. Yeah, she. I she, had no idea. Yeah. No, so there was another Joan Cusack's Cusack. one of those people that if you put her in a film, like you always want her to be in a film, but you're always afraid she's gonna take away from everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> she steals yeah. the show so often. Yeah. No, it's, it's it's one of those things. Like, there's actually, I believe that his brother has a super bit role uh, in it as well. Uh, but I can't oh remember what what role it is. Yeah, he he puts his family in random spots throughout his catalog so uh apparently they're a tight-knit family who knew but <laughs> that's so cool yeah. that's like the dream that's you yeah know, getting to work is. with family in a really crazy zany that's so fun and uh wow. i you know so i i saw i saw john cusack uh, at a screening of say anything uh oh, and he classic. did a, he did a q a afterwards and i believe someone asked him you know if he's planning on working with his sister joan uh, anytime real soon and and if what it's like working with her, and and he he was the sweetest guy about it. He's like, I love my sister. She's she's the greatest. Like, and, and he kind of said something to the effect of like, sometimes I think she steals the show from me. But you know. <laughs> <laughs> he's not wrong. I mean, he's not wrong. wrong. Like, no. I was thinking of all the films they've been in together, and like you know, Sixteen Candles. Like mm -hmm. she is such. He has a tiny role. She has a microscopic role. Yeah. But mm -hmm. she's so memorable with her headgear and just being like yeah. silly and ridiculous and just. I yeah I she's like uh, she's iconic I think that's an overused term but I think it's very appropriate mm. when it comes to her her comedy is like it's always very on point yeah so the narrative of the film was it was it satisfying for you like the whole like the redemptive narrative like do you feel like by the end of it he's actually come to a point where he it feels like he actually legitimately turned around like he could actually be redeemed in that sense or does, Ooh, it, feel, or does it feel forced? I wouldn't say that it felt forced. Like I said before, I think that there's like elements of the absurd that allow for this really kind of quick ending, this quick turnaround mm -hmm. where he has his, I, I like the whole bit that he's, you know, 
he's doing the kind of um, uh, overused romantic comedy trope of he's confessing his love, but he's doing it while killing people and while mm-hmm. renouncing yeah. his life of violence. <laughs> like, that was so fun. That was so great to watch is, like, you know, say anything on steroids without the boombox is great <laughs> um, and guns instead. But yeah, um, I don't think uh, it felt particularly forced. I don't know, though. I don't yeah. know if... Uh, if yeah, what their future looks like as these characters yeah. off the page, and if he's really reformed after ten years of leading that sort of life, but I think they crafted an effective world where it's possible he could be. Mm-hmm. You know, you have Dan Aykroyd as an assassin saying absolute nonsense. Like the the realm <laughs> of possibilities is very open in this yeah. universe. <laughs> I'm willing to to believe it. <laughs> yeah, very true. So since you you brought up uh, Aykroyd, um, uh. I'm going to make this question a little bit more pointed than it probably should be, but do any performances not work for you in this, uh, in this Mm. movie? Um, no, I wouldn't say that there's any that fell really flat. Mm -hmm. There were some that, so I, I, I totally understand the point of having mini drivers father Mm. be in the film. He felt a little shoehorned in Mm. for plot. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. works. The payoff is really satisfying. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and I wasn't expecting that until like shortly before that reveal. It took me a yeah. long time to be like, oh my gosh, this is going to tie in. Um, so that was nice. But he did feel a little shoehorn. I don't think that's the actor's fault, though. I think that's just mm-hmm. you're given that role and you do as much as you possibly can with what you're sure. given on the page. Um, yeah. And he did that well. Dan Aykroyd, he's, he felt like a really odd choice, but he was funny. He was so funny. <laughs> he was himself. I think he was himself. I love yeah. that. Yeah. Like one of his first lines was about, I think I actually wrote it down about like um, mental telepathy and astral projection, which is so on the nose <laughs> for him. I was like, of course, like he probably just wanted that to be in there. He's like, can yeah. I say something about ghosts? Like yeah. that's so his, his life. He pulls out a big bottle of Crystal Skull vodka and drinks it on screen. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Oh man, spirit guide. Yeah. So if you if you were going to pick something that just completely did not work for you, what would you pick? Like force and negative. If she doesn't want to be negative, no. I I I want to dig into the meat of the horribleness of this film. I get, here's the thing, right? So having read that synopsis and knowing this is about mm-hmm. a hitman, um, I think I went in a little bit like curious, but definitely with a little bit of my guard up and being like, how are they going to do this in a way that I'm going to care? And I, John Cusack, I really, really like, but this might be controversial. Mm-hmm. I can't stand high fidelity. Okay. <laughs> like I hate it. I thought I loved it. I loved it when I was younger. I rewatched it this year and mm-hmm. I was like, wow, yeah. I hate this film. <laughs> <laughs> it's very whiny. I know it's supposed to be. I love Nick Hornby. Like it, it has all the elements. Jack Black, it's fun. But there's just something about yeah. it that just it doesn't connect with me. So I was really scared since some of the writers are the same that mm-hmm. that was going to be like high fidelity with guns instead of music. I'm like, oh, yeah. shoot. Is this going to be just me <laughs> listening to John Cusack? ramble about his life and yeah. the girl that got away um yeah. so i was i was worried about that but no there wasn't anything that stood out as being like terribly negative or not yeah. working at all um yeah it actually i was again i was surprised by how, how charmed i was the dialogue was just so funny and the little like mini driver saying she's gonna put the roses in um rubbing alcohol <laughs> and like these, these silly little one-off lines like yeah 
they were so nice. They, they, yeah, it, it, it kind of just wrote to me, and I was like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm willing to go along. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I haven't rewatched High Fidelity in a while, and I'm afraid that I'm going to have both the reaction that you had, but also with the realization that 20 year old me related a lot to uh, Rob Gordon, and so there's going to be some reckoning and soul searching that's going to have to come with that. As a, snotty 20 year old white dude it's there's a it's, it's yeah. probably, that's so i'm glad it's not that dude yeah it's yeah. probably been a good probably been a good 10 years since i've watched it last mm-hmm. uh, i remember liking it then but like i said it may not play the same way uh especially in this day and age <laughs> so it, it was my so true <laughs> well it was like my bible you know it it, it for twenty year old me and I think I, it was I, for a lot of men. Not yeah. being like not yeah. trying to be a jerk. I think it really No 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 <laughs> it, it really was. It really was yeah. And it's funny, I, I went to a record store this past weekend with I I have a fifteen year old daughter and um you know it was we were talking about how great the store was. It was the exact opposite of that sort of thing because, you know, I, I was always worried about how people are going how how people are going to welcome her into those sorts of spaces, like Mm. spaces that tend to be dominated by insecure, crappy dudes like myself. Um, (laughs) And it was wonderful. It was absolutely wonderful. Like there's no judgment for any of the records that she asked for. And we're walking away from there. And she's like, you know, what'd you think of that place? And I was telling her how excited I was because it was, it was a welcome place for her. And that, that led into a conversation about high fidelity and, and her kind of looking at me and like, dad, I'm like, I, yeah, I know. Hey, Joe, so, give, give me yeah, one of the So there's records. a real reckoning coming. Give me one of the records. I'll judge her for it. <laughs> I was going to ask. So the one that she, <laughs> so she's a, um, she's a, she's a theater kid. She, she just, oh. she's just entering, um, going to the local performing arts, uh, high school. Um, and she is convinced that when she graduates, she's going straight to New York and, and she has my full support, I should say. But, um, oh, uh, you know, that. that's. That's that's her thing. So um, she went up and asked first for um, a jagged little pill because there's an Alanis Morissette. Amazing, yeah. Really into, um, and they did not have that. Um, And then it was, you know, uh, some Elton John records that she was looking for because she didn't care for Rocket Man, but um, we've. I'm a big Elton John fan, so we've been kind of bonding over that. So that's. I I mean. What's that? Behind, behind my, yeah, you can't see they're obscured, but that's a lot of, Elton John makes up a lot of the, the records behind nice. me right now. Yeah, so she's definitely uh, got great taste. <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah I'm, I'm going to give her a thumbs up for that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. If she had said, She likes you know, Cher a lot too, which I, that's uh, the one that we, and she doesn't like Springsteen. So those are the ones that we argue about a lot. But. That's kind of weird. So that's I'm weird. from New Jersey. <laughs> okay. So that's a sacrilege. <laughs> no, it's not. Bruce Springsteen works out at the gym that my dad works out at. Um, Whoa! <laughs> yeah, they're uh, uh, both Bon Jovi and Springsteen are kind of from, well, they're from different areas, but they're, my, my dad lived in one place uh, growing up where Bon Jovi was from. Now he lives in a place where uh, Bruce Springsteen lived for came around to Springsteen really late I think because it was so shoved in my face as a New Jersey resident it's like you gotta love him and then it wasn't until I saw um Courtney Cox in the the dancing in the dark video and that whole thing I was like oh there's a little bit of magic about this I, I like this but that's totally no that's totally fine but that's not not her thing yeah. <laughs> and Cher is amazing <laughs> so anyway not to turn things all about me and uh, my daughter but anyway 
No, we like we, bring us back around again. We, I don't have another question. We like to oh, no, just just <laughs> one. Sorry, <laughs> to prolong this tangent too much, but I I do really appreciate um, the fact that you had those things in mind about your daughter when you were taking her into those spaces because it's so true. They are they are really male dominated and they are really white dominated. And I remember going to record stores. But they were terribly rude. And, um, yeah, it was very much that thing of, like, you know, uh, young teenage girls unwelcome here. So I'm glad mm. to hear that the tides of that are at least changing in certain places. That's yeah. that's super important. Yes. So if you're going to pick one of the, the minor characters uh, that you really appreciated their 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 characterizations or their just their the part they played in the film, like, who did you latch on to as far as your kind of minor character? You're, you're that guy. Um, oh, I, well, I already, I feel like I already talked a lot about Joan Cusack, but yeah. I really did love her character, even though mm-hmm. I'm terrible and I can't remember her name. Was it Marcia? What was her? Marcella? What was Marcella. Her name? Marcella. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Marcella. Um, she was hysterical as just this kind of odd person to check in with and like things are just going increasingly terribly for her because she's just trying to run. She's just trying to run a small business. She's just trying to be a woman in business. (laughs) (laughs) It's all going really awry for her. Um, So she was really, really fun to track with. I, the government agents were actually very funny too. Cause I love how they ended up getting invested in the love story. Um, (laughs) And then there was like a little part where, um, John Cusack and Minnie Driver are going into their um, high school reunion and uh, the one of the government agents is like, you know, he's just using her. I won't feel bad about killing him at all. It's going to be so good to kill him. It's like, oh <laughs> it's terrible, but really funny. I could, yeah, yeah. definitely. Uh, I think I naturally get over-invested into other people's narratives, so I could see yeah. tracking with that. Um, not to align myself with terrible government assassins, <laughs> But were they actually terrible? I, I just thought they were cheeky. They were just cheeky. They were cheeky. They were cheeky. Yeah. The, the, the conversation something. where they were talking about, you know, being the good guy by killing the bad guy, but you can't kill the bad guy before he becomes the bad guy because then you're the bad guy. And <laughs> Yeah, that's... There, so what? One of the things I've always liked about this film from the first time I watched it was the snappy dialogue, and you've talked quite a bit about just the quickness of it and how kind of off the cuff it feels. Um, what was? Do Do you have like a favorite like one liner that was your like top that you can recall? I mean, you've only seen I, it once, so I've only seen it. I did take notes, though. I'm yeah. I'm a good student. <laughs> <laughs> Um, there were, oh my goodness, I, uh, I loved when, uh, I think it was the drunk woman in the bar who now I can't believe I now know is Anne Cusack, uh, said to Minnie Driver that her, her show is so timeless. And she was like, yeah, it does run a little long sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> like she just hopped on it right away and it was so fun. And then I loved, um, I wrote down another one, um, I killed the president of Paraguay with a fork when John Cusack is trying to talk about like how he's going (laughs) to go back to his high school reunion. I have my 10 year high school reunion coming up next year. Um, And I'm like, Ooh, if they ask for just like a little like synopsis of what's been going on, I might just put that in. (laughs) (laughs) I'm pretty sure I said it at least once at my 10 year. So (laughs) that's amazing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I'm trying to think of any other areas. Like it was, was there anything that, that 
anything else that stuck out to you that you want to bring up that you want to talk about? Like any ideas, themes that you that you really stuck out or anything like that? I actually have a question for you guys. Oh, okay. So I had just to pull up IMDb because I was trying to figure out um, like where I'd seen this one actor before. Um, in just pulling that up in one of my search results, there was like a little thing. And then I stopped reading because I was like, oh, I don't want to like, imp- again, impose anything outside on, on my thoughts right now about this being sort of a um, like satirical take on like late 80s culture and, you know, uh, terms of like capitalism and all that stuff. Yeah. Again, I read like one sentence and I was like, oh, this this feels like a fun thread to unravel, but I'll save that for another time. Um, as people who love the movie and have seen it, mm-hmm. I'm guessing a lot more times than I have, like, <laughs> do you think that tracks or does that feel like it's just this weird outside theory that is unintentional or? I don't think it's, um, so it doesn't, it doesn't strike me as a very eighties movie at all. It strikes me very much as, um, part of the reason I think it got greenlit was in the mid nineties after Pulp Fiction, there was a whole slew of black comedies like this. Mm-hmm. And, they were almost all horrible, just horrible, broy, um, mm-hmm. dark comedies, and, and 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 so I can't separate it from its mid '90s moment to think of right. it in '80s terms. Um, the capitalism thing I can see there, but only I don't know if you're there, there's there's an unofficial trilogy that kind of reads um, Lloyd Dobler from Say Anything is the mm-hmm. younger version of Martin Blank, uh, who then grows up to be. I'm blanking on the main character's name from uh, uh, War Inc. Yeah, but War Inc. is explicitly a um, war machine, capitalism, uh, Bush era satire. Um, okay, it's a, li- it's a this... little on the nose. Oh, okay. it, it, I mean, it's good. It's good, but it's. it's I like that movie. Yeah, I do too. It, it is. It is on the nose, but. It, it, you got to scream in situations like that. <laughs> and I don't think that's a problem. No. So um, I, for myself, I don't track much of, I don't track the, 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 the capitalism critique hard in there. Um, mm-hmm. It's, it's present, but I don't know that it's an ongoing theme for there other than, I mean, it takes a backseat to the ideas about identity and redemption and, mm-hmm. and, and, and selfhood and all of these yeah. um this sort of thing. I don't know, Blake. What do you What do you think? Am I full of crap? No, no. I I think you're exactly right. I think uh, I think it's there, but it's it's very subtle. Um, it uh, so I think in talking about identity and and him constantly lying about who he is. Well, he doesn't actually lie about who he is. He's he's upfront about who he is. It's just that no <laughs> one believes him. Um, right. And so. But there's there's an element of his personality that doesn't actually believe that he is what he does, and mm. and so I think on that level you could say that he he is capitalism. Like he's he's the sense that we are what we do, but we mm. refuse to say that we are what we do, um, mm. or we refuse to acknowledge it. Um, mm. And so I I we're I think it was 2013. I had a momentary brush with. Cusack on Twitter. Uh, he DM'd me. Uh, I love celebrity I, Twitter yeah, stories. There go you on. go. <laughs> and uh, and he asked me, you know, because I said I was writing something on Gross Point Blank, and he said, "What do you want to know?" Like just open. And I was like, "Oh my okay. god!" So I was like, so I asked him, like, what it, what was your reading going into the film? Like what 
what was the idea that went into the writing of it? And he said exactly that. He, it was a very much a capitalist critique. Um, okay. Which I, when I first heard it, I was like, huh. But he explained it, and it was really much, like, it was really tied into the, the redemptive slash identity element of it. He said, mm. he said, it's all in what we think we are when we're exactly the opposite. Um, mm. and, and American wow. culture is the sense that we think that we're this um, good, beneficent country, yet everything we do uh, strikes at something that says something otherwise. Uh, and so um, all the wars that we um, create or uh, facilitate or, or things like that, if we're going to say we're a good country, our actions don't speak to that truth. And so um, he basically, he said, Martin Blank is America in that sense. Uh, and so um, he didn't say that expressly, but that's basically what he was aiming for with his explanation is that we, we refuse to believe those things about us that we don't want to like dwell on. So, um, so I, yeah, I definitely think it's there. I, I think it's, I, I respect it more than I do war Inc because of the subtlety. Um, mm. But like Joe said, you do need to scream sometimes. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah, we, we can't help but scream. Yeah. That really, that does make a lot of sense though. I am, um, I'm trying to find where in my notes, I'd put down a little thing where he, uh, Martin Blank is talking about um, like having a sort of personal creed Mm-hmm. And then realizing that the creed is, can I curse on this podcast? Yeah, mm-hmm. Okay, the creed is bullshit. <laughs> yeah. And really, you've just been trained to do something. Um, so that, like, yeah, that I think that parallels with a lot of what you're saying about that being certainly um, how people in certain, uh, I think people in careers in general in capitalism, I think especially specific careers, like long-standing military careers, or even if mm-hmm. we want to be like really on the, the topic of today, like mm-hmm. police careers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then him unpacking like, yeah, but it's, but it's bullshit. And I've just been trained to do this thing. Like all it is, is I've just been essentially programmed to do this. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was, that was really interesting to hear again, especially going in with the, the headspace of this present moment. And there was even a little off kind of comment about, um, I wrote it down again, cause I was like, Oh my goodness. Um, like he's trying to justify his own moral code or lack thereof. And he goes, riot cops shoot demonstrators. That's indiscriminate. I don't do that. And I was like, Oh, wow. <laughs> Great catch. Like, <laughs> okay then. You know, um, but but you yeah, know what's even more terrifying on, on that note? Like when you when you said that you get programmed to do it uh, by the government, you know what he says right afterwards? He said, and I and begin you like it. You, be, you begin to like it. And that's terrifying. Yes. Like that is <laughs> you you get so programmed, you so into the culture and into the to the mindset of your of your career that you get to where you enjoy basically dehumanizing and taking life and whatever else, you know, that's, yeah. that's terrifying. <laughs> it is, and he's, you know, obviously an extreme version of that, but uh-huh. I even, I think the vehicle of like a, a, a high school reunion is yeah. so good at getting into that because everyone's introducing themselves. And the question is like, what have you done? What are you? And everyone's introducing themselves by saying, Oh yeah, you know, I'm in real estate now, or I'm in this, mm-hmm. or I'm in that. Like they're exactly what you were saying before about identity being so tethered to these people's occupations. And it's, 
it, yeah, just is interesting to see. It's something yeah. that I'm like, oh, I'd like to read more about that and, and kind of mull that over because there's but but you're I think both of you are absolutely right in that it's it's not over the head and it's not something and you can easily just watch it as this really mm-hmm. fun movie mm-hmm. um, with, yeah, two characters to chemistry and end up together in the end which yeah. is lovely because <laughs> i mean i know a lot of republicans who love this film so the fact that it's it, it may be too subtle <laughs> that, is, <laughs> that is always sometimes even the screaming doesn't get through yeah. to certain folks so no it's so true there's there's certain films where i'll hear people say they really love it or certain books and i'm like do you are you sure? Did you, did you, uh, okay, did you watch the like, same yeah. movie I did? Right. You examine that in your own time, I guess. Um, yeah. Nice. Uh, unless you have something else you wanted to bring up that you're really itching to talk about, um, we'd love to hear uh, anywhere, any place we can find you. If uh, some of our listeners are going to be in the New, New Jersey area, anytime real soon, do you have yeah. any projects coming up? Like, you know, what, what, what are you up to? Everything is on hold for COVID. Yeah. We were planning, um, again, Reading Theatrical was planning a, um, a virtual season. Originally, we were planning our five-year anniversary gala, um, and I was in charge of spearheading that, which was very exciting. And then we pushed that to 2021. Um, and then we were like, okay, well, we'll do a virtual season. Um, but one of the things I really like about this organization is they really have their finger on the pulse of, of what's going on in society. So some of the um, executive staff got together and decided with just all the turmoil that's happening in our world right now, it's unreasonable to be like, hey, folks, come see our, you know, interactive Alice in Wonderland adaptation. Like, you know, theater is great and it's a great relief and a great reprieve yeah. to have, but also I think you have to read the room. And so they were really mm-hmm. wonderful about that. Um, so right now it's cold. So, but um, yeah, <laughs> that's I mean... unfortunately... It's kind of impressive that they could read the room. I mean, they probably were the only person in there. Such a bad dad. Such a bad Okay, you are not officially a dad yet. You cannot be making those types I was, of jokes. I was born As to the tell those kind of, of jokes. Dads, you gotta wait. Hey, buddy. Joe. Okay, Joe. You've got a few months left. Joe, I've got, a, I've got a joke for you. Yeah. What do you call... An alligator that solves crimes. I don't know. What do you call an alligator that solves crimes? An investigator. That is, that's a really great joke. I didn't sign any legal papers like my voice being used. I'd like to I'd like to not be associated with this podcast. Totally understandable. You just uh, you just send me an email and say yeah. Yeah, you can erase that. <laughs> it was the gator joke yeah. that did it. Was it was the gator joke. <laughs> yeah. That, that but, probably, uh, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So, this is like, oh, go, no, go no, 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 go ahead. So, this will not release until 2021, which means okay. that hopefully the world is in a better place. Uh, we have a new president. Um, oh, God, please. Is not, <laughs> yeah, I know. The, and, and, and among all the good things, hopefully your, your theater is... So could you give us the website so that listeners that are listening sure. to us now in a better future, Absolutely. better, more just future in the, <laughs> the, the listening to this, they can go enjoy some theater. Absolutely. So it's www.rethink, R-E-T-H-I-N-K, theatrical.org. Um, and if they want to find me on Twitter, they can find me at, at J.C. 
J-A-S-I-O-N-O-W-S-K-I. I need a better Twitter handle for my Pokemon Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> but that is my name, and they can nah. reach out to me there if they have acting or writing opportunities, because I'm literally always looking. So, yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah. What kind of stuff awesome. do you write on? Um, I am very, right now, kind of my main focus has been doing flash fiction. Um, okay. Yeah, but I I think okay. as a writer, you have to, especially starting out more so, you have to just be scrappy and accept mm-hmm. anything that comes your way. <laughs> well, if, if, if I see some opportunities, I'll, I'll shoot them in your direction. Thank yeah. you so yeah, much. Yeah, I yeah, really yeah. greatly yeah. appreciate that. Thank sure. you. Yeah. And thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah, for so sure. Fun. Oh, thank yeah. you for coming. This is, this, I was worried about how our first guest episode is going to do, and you were fantastic. Yeah. So thank, thank you, you so much for first. making this easy on us yeah. and oh, for thank laughing you. at Blake's terrible joke. Uh, well, I, I do act, you know, so it has to come, yeah. from, <laughs> <laughs> it has to come from It has to come from the pain and agony that you've been feeling all year. <laughs> exactly. Oh, man. Well, thank you. Yeah, for, thank you so much for yeah. having me on. Yes, thank you for coming on. And uh, that's cool. it for so gross such point much blank and we will see you next month as we turn our attention to johnny nash's discography and remember this podcast is us breathing thank you for listening to so gross such point much blank if you like what you're hearing then maybe head over to apple podcasts and leave us a review and a comment if you don't like what you're hearing just turn your radio down Our podcast theme music comes from Jans. You can hear more of Jans' work by going to thespacecampaign.com. Our podcast intro music is Terra by Chick Carrera and the Electric Band. Our podcast outro music comes from Jeff Hansen. Our podcast artwork comes from Jeff Weirich. You can find out more information about us by going to facebook.com backslash sgsp. MB. You can follow the show on Twitter at SoGrossPod, and that's gross with an E, as I often forget. You can follow me, Joe, at JAGeorge2, and I spell the two with an II for reasons I don't understand. And you can follow Blake on Twitter by going to at Lost in Osmosis, which I also don't understand. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you next week on So Gross. Such point, much blame.